0: This is 15 Minutes of Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Idell, and today is day two of Wayne Dyer Week. In this second day of Wayne Dyer Week, I want to cover with you why you should not let yourself die with music still inside of you. So I've shared leading into this episode that Wayne Dyer has been this unique force that's come into my life over the past month. Maybe it's six weeks, maybe a little bit longer. And I don't really know where and how or why he's shown up, but he has, and he's shown up in a big way. I'm recording this two days, I guess really one day, you're listening to it two or three days after the life optimization experience has come to a conclusion. It was the most incredible experience that I have had so far in my coaching career, really one of the most impactful experiences I've had in my life. I'll cover that on another episode. But it's a perfect segue into the fact of I'm standing in front of my Juve red light this morning and I'm reading more of his work and everything that I'm reading, like literally page after page after page, is all in perfect alignment with the exact words that I shared with this group of 12 men in a conference room over a day and a half. I hadn't read this part before. I hadn't seen this book before. But what I'm reading is verbatim what I was sharing And it's so interesting to me how the universe, God, the source, a higher power, how it all connects. Because intuitively, I believe there is a collective consciousness. I believe that when we slow down, we actually end up speeding up. When we realize that we are attached to the source, whatever that would mean to you, then we have instant access to infinite possibilities. And so much of that is what is actually covered in this very chapter of the book. You think for a moment that really every moving piece of your part, every moving piece and part of your life is intricately connected to another moving piece. In other words, they have to all be coordinated, right? Nothing happens by chance. We're in this ebb and flow of synchronicity that happens all around us. But here you are, really like walking through your life as you're listening to this. Like mean, think about it, we're in an intelligent system that really has no beginning and no finite end, right? We try to conceptualize how this planet got here. Maybe you're someone that adheres to the Big Bang theory. Beautiful, perhaps that's it. Maybe it's your thought that God made all of this, and through Him we are here. That's just as beautiful, just as impactful. Maybe you think we're some sort of science experiment for a race of aliens, right? And, that, and we're, we're in a zoo that they get to watch us. Maybe that's it too. Like none of us really know. But do you think that there's no beginning and there is no end? And even as that happens, all the galaxies, all the solar system, everything that we know about space, it's all consistently in perfect motion and alignment to allow us to exist, I mean, it's incredible. Like, you ever th- stop just to take it in for just a moment about what that really means? Like, what that can mean for your life that as you're going through pain, as you're going through trials and tribulations, that there has to be a reason for it where every point would have a counterpoint. But in my opinion, what happens is in those moments of divinity, you can't see the blessing on the other side. Right? Maybe you're listening to this, and as you listen, you're getting rear ended. Maybe you're in your car and somebody just smacked in the back of you. It's crazy to think that inevitably with the 8, 10, 12, 15,000 people that will listen to this, there's a decent possibility that as you consume this content, that actually just happened. Did it happen because I say it was going to happen? Did it happen because it needed to happen to slow you down? Did it happen to teach you a lesson? It's incredible. But when I share that with you, if you were to take just a second and point at yourself, physically extend your finger and point at yourself. I'm quite obviously not next to you, but there's a very good chance you pointed at your heart, not your head. Intuitively, we know as human beings that ourselves, our soul, is not in our head, but it's always in our heart. It's who we are. The consistent beating of our heart in and out is a symbol of the infinite connection to the always-present heartbeat of the universe or God. Like conceptually, when I say that, your left brain, the analytical side of things, it might feel a little foreign. It might feel a little out there. But that right side, that sense of the love and emotion and what's important to you. The side that makes you tear up when you see a baby. Or in my case, when I'm in front of 12 men that I spent four and three and a half days with and I'm tearing up, that's that, that's that right brain because your left brain can only analyze something where your right brain actually allows you to begin to feel. You see, there's an intuitive presence, right? an invisible presence that's always with you and I. I picture this presence as a nagging little creature who sits on my right shoulder and reminds me when I've lost my sense of purpose. You'll most likely always know when you're off purpose because your thoughts become that of frustration. You might not always act based off this because your left brain has not mustered up the courage to do the work that the right brain knows it has to do. Listening exclusively exclusively to that left side of your brain will ultimately turn you into a pretender, or even worse, just an observer. You think about it from the right side of your brain, I believe you can actually orchestrate your own reality. It's based off a heart-based model of feeling and emotion. The left side ends up being the one that keeps you stuck. Keeps you in the job that brings in just enough money to pay the bills. And then convinces you that the right thing to do is get up the next morning and do it all again just to barely be able to make it by. Meanwhile, when those days stack up on top of each other and days turn into weeks and weeks turn into months, eventually, inevitably, that gift inside that right part of your brain, inside your soul, that music almost becomes muted. You can't figure out what you were supposed to do because it's been so long since you've heard it. But that consistent companion that I refer to, the one that's on that right shoulder, that companion would know. You just have to welcome him back in. You don't have to choose that fate. You don't have to choose the fate in your life of staying stuck, of not following your passion. You have to begin to listen to that music you hear. Be willing to accept that others may even see you as having betrayed them as you begin to step into your own greatness, but that's not your cross to bear. That's not your burden to overtake. That's their issue to deal with. Change is scary to all of us because change means things are growing and evolving. And I've shared on so many episodes, I believe we're pattern-based creatures. And those patterns that we run and those things that we do, when we step outside of those patterns, it inevitably puts a little ripple in our ecosystem. And that ripple makes people feel super off kilter and they start questioning you. And the only way to knock you back into alignment is to beat you down, to have you submit to what they think you should do. It's crazy, right? I mean, Think, think about the last time you were truly passionate enough about something to take a risk. For the men that came here, they were passionate enough about their self-development or something that they heard on this show to get them to take the risk to fly to Columbus and partake in an experience that was yet to be unproven. But for you, maybe you find yourself living a comfortable life where you don't follow your instincts, you pay your bills, you fill out the right forms, you fit in, you kind of do everything by the book. But whose book are you doing it by? Who wrote that book? I mean, think about it. How you're living your life, it might look right on paper, but does it feel right in your soul? See, when you find your passion, just as I have, podcasting, coaching, making an impact, when you find that passion, it inspires you more than anything else. But have you considered what inspire actually means? What if we dissect the word? And look at it as in spirit. You see, when you're inspired, you've never had to ask if you're in your purpose. You just know you are. You're living it. But yet we fight that. We fight that inspiration because inspiration feels different because it's out the, outside that status quo. It's outside the norm. You know, as I sold and shut down companies, I pivoted and repositioned myself into this life. There are still people that are close to me that don't understand what it is that I do. I'm okay with that. No longer was this for anyone else. It was for me. It's easy to conceptualize when you say you own a company. Right? I Own a company that sells a physical product. Most people can get their head wrapped around that. But the minute I say that I'm coaching, right? that I'm, I'm a life coach, the feedback, the pushback, the response that I get is, well, what qualifications do you have for that? Well, Nothing more. I've lived life. I've made a bunch of mistakes. I've read a few books, taken a few courses, attended a few seminars. And simply just don't ever quit this insatiable urge for more knowledge as it pertains to the human psyche and how I can help people live a truly optimized life. But think about yourself. Let's let's put you in a position that's comparable, where you have something you're passionate about, and people begin to question, why is it that you want to do that? What gives you the right to decide that you should go do whatever it is you'd like to do? I think what gives you the right is the fact you were born. The fact that that message of to do whatever you think you need to do was divinely put in you from some power that's much greater than you or I. Because more than likely, the people that are the ones trying to beat you down into place have this myth of the fear, fear of failure. So this might come as a surprise to you, but I truly believe that fear is an, or failure is an illusion. Think about it. No one really ever fails at anything. Everything you have ever done in your life ends up producing a result. It might not be the result you want, but life is cause and effect. So Think about it. Like Maybe you were trying to catch a football at some point in your life and someone throws it at you and you drop it. You didn't really fail. You simply produce a result. The real question ends up being, what do you do with that result? Do you leave and moan about the fact you couldn't catch the football or do you throw it back and say, throw it to me again? Failure is a judgment. It's just an opinion. It comes from your fears, which I believe can ultimately be eliminated by love. Love for what you do, love for yourself, love for others, love for this thing that we all get to do in divine orchestration. See, I found that perceived risks are not risky at all. Once you transcend your fears and you let love and self-respect in. You see, I was petrified to have this event. I didn't sleep hardly at all Wednesday night, Tuesday night. I was afraid I was going to mess it up. I was almost certain that I was not going to be able to produce at the level that I had committed to and show up in the capacity that these men needed me to show up in. My heart rate was high. My palms were sweaty. I had literally night tremors, fears of just completely dropping the ball. But then I got to thinking as I woke up, I'm doing this from a place of purity, love, self-respect and respect for these men that are coming here. And in my belief system, if I'm operating from that capacity, then I really can't ever fail them. It might not play itself out the way that I want it to, but anything is better than nothing. And I've already committed, so I might as well see it through. And it worked out well, it worked out very well. There's a saying that says, if you can meet triumph and disaster, you can treat both of those two imposters the same. That ours is earth and everything that's in it. The key word there is imposters. Neither triumph nor disaster are really real. They only exist in our minds. They're a perceptive construct of the reality that you create between your ears. See, if you begin to follow your right brain, listen to how do you feel, and play essentially what I would call your own brand of music, you never have to fear anything or anyone. You'll never end up experiencing that terror of lying on your deathbed someday saying, what if my whole life has been wrong? I can't imagine a worse way to end my days than that very fate. So think about that. Think about what we just covered. And how can you apply it to how you walk through these days here on earth? Inevitably, as you're hearing this, there is something that you know you want to do that you are not currently doing. Maybe this is that divine orchestration that it's finally time to take action on what it is that you want to do for yourself. Only you know what that is and only you know what this message means to you. But what I'll encourage you to do is take action towards that dream and desire so that every day after you're able to get shit done.